We are proud to announce a new sponsor for this podcast, Augie's Locker Room. Augie's Locker Room, which is located less than a mile away from Notre Dame Stadium, was named the best Notre Dame's collectible shop in the country. This shop is amazing. If you are a passionate Notre Dame fan and are looking for that special Notre Dame piece to complete your rec room, Augie's is the place to go. They have a wide selection of Notre Dame stadium pieces, jerseys, helmets, autographs, and one-of-a-kind rock knee items. They have an exclusive Joe Montana signed items. If Augie's doesn't have it in store, he will find it for you. Visit Augie'sLockerRoom.com or stop in at 1811 South Bend Avenue and see the vintage helmet display dating back to 1890. Augie'sLockerRoom.com or call 574-277-NDND. What is going on, Notre Dame fans? Mike Singer from Blue and Gold. As always with our football analyst, Tim Hyde. We are live Wednesday, August 31st. It's about 7.01 p.m. Eastern Time as we are launching this week's show. This will be a staple throughout um, the fall. Tim, you're good on Wednesday nights, right? You're good Love Wednesdays. Big fan so, of Wednesdays. No yeah, football we've been, on Wednesdays. I think we've been doing this show, what, most of this year um, yeah. on Wednesday nights. Sometimes yep. we've had to move it around or skip a week. Um, but, yeah, we are back on uh, on on this Wednesday night and, and plan to have this show going throughout the fall appreciate you guys joining us live for those who are watching back or listening via podcast very much appreciate you as well go ahead and hit the thumbs up on this video subscribe to our channel if you have not done yet uh done so yet and uh that one dollar or for one year deal is still going on at blueandgold.com can't believe i'm saying that what nine months in eight months into us being a blue and gold but uh and we still got that deal going on so if you haven't signed up to blueandgold.com all the good Premium recruiting information, team coverage, um, you know, access to our staff pretty much at the drop of a hat to answer any, to get any questions answered, all at bloomandgold.com. Again, $1 for your first year of premium access. All right, Tim, what are you up to, man? What's, uh, what are you sipping on? Just how's the, uh, how's the day been going for you? Oh, beautiful day. Just having a quick beer here. Talk some Notre Dame football with everyone. And I see Joey's just posted. Very excited for Saturday's game and literally, what, 72 hours away. So it is, uh, it's finally here. I feel like we've been talking about this thing since ages ago. This has been a long off season. And as you know, Mike, <laughs> Blue and Gold, there's been a million things, a million articles and blah, 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 it just seems like. And now we're finally here to football. So it's exciting. I'm, re I'm really pumped up, and it's just awesome to see Notre Dame kick off. And this, it's a Super Bowl. I mean, it's I mean the magnitude of this game is is huge. So looking forward to chatting with everyone about it. Yeah, absolutely. So again, folks, hit that thumbs up. Um, whether you are live or watching back, drop a super chat um, if you want to help support our show. We'd very much appreciate that. Um, yeah, I can't show what I'm drinking again this week because I'm very embarrassed. No, I'm just kidding. I got an Oktoberfest, my nice. favorite, there you favorite go. beer. Um, so tis the season. I was at Sam's Club and saw 30-pack, and I was like, yes, yes. So I think my friends over the weekend drink about half of it, but hey, that's okay. Um, we have, obviously, we're missing Ashton Pollard this week. I don't know if folks saw, but um, she left blue and gold. Um, very disappointing news. Um, you know, Ashton kicked butt. Um, for us since she joined back in January, but 
Um, still, uh, still very excited about the future of our, of our YouTube channel. Suck will be without Ashton. As far as what she is doing next, I can't spoil her news. But when you guys see it, it'll make a lot of sense. That's all I'm gonna say. You're like, oh, that's why she left Blue and Gold. So, um, yes, Joey, we will, uh, we will miss Ashton as well. The thing is, when we don't have Ashton, we um, don't have uh, someone to keep me from going off the rails. So, Tim, good luck. <laughs> I'm doing your best. So let's go to um, our, our next segment here, which is best thing you saw in the past week, Tim. Um, typically something related to Notre Dame athletics. Um, I, I'm considering going off the tangent for mine, but um, Tim, what, what what's yours? Well, this is, yeah, going off the rails here, as you say, is I saw Tyler Horka post that tweet with uh, Adam Iola yesterday talking about, you know, they're the, baddest dudes on the block or whatever the exit, you know, the quote was is uh, Tyler. And I know uh, Patrick Engel uh, put the full quote on blue and gold on the message board as they broke it down and things like that. So go, going off the rails for me, I mean, Hey, I've, I've been coaching football for nearly 30 years and I read that and I just said, all right, go prove it. That was, that was my first reaction. I know people got, you know, hooting and hollering and getting all hyped and stuff like that. I guess I'm still a little uh, old school and it's like, all right, you say all that stuff, you better be the game MVP now or the whole front four in general, which I, I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about later on. But uh, go do it. Go. I mean, this is the game to go do it. I mean, who cares what you do against UNLV, Marshall, and a few of those other games? This is Ohio State. So if you say you're the strongest, baddest dudes on the block, go into Columbus and be the game MVP, which that was my prediction way back at the Fiesta Bowl. And we know what happened in that game, giving up yard after yard after yard for four quarters. So um, I'm looking forward to it. I saw that quote and I was like, let's go. Let's go. So let's see if Notre Dame brings this attitude for four quarters and go gets the, the big win in Columbus. Yeah, definitely. So uh, a couple comments. Rick says, give me a microphone, Singer. I can handle it. So uh, yeah, maybe maybe sometime Rick, Rick is a, a big fan um, of Blue and Gold. And um yeah, we will have a post-game show with Goolsby um, after the Ohio State game. I will be traveling back from Detroit, and I might miss like the first quarter, but uh, Mr. Goolsby and I will uh, go live right after the game on our YouTube page here, Blue and Gold. And then Tim Hyde and myself will uh, do another kind of video recap um, to get Mr. Hyde's thoughts on the game. Um, so, yeah, make sure you lock into this Blue and Gold YouTube channel. All right, I'm going with two because, again – Ashton's not here to reel me in. I go. just saw this tweet. Like, listen, I, I got on Twitter. I, I don't follow this this Four Horsemen podcast thing, but it got popped up as a, like a related tweet about golf because golf is in this tweet. But I'm just going to read this tweet. I thought this was interesting. It says, hmm, this is seemingly the first summer in a while which a Notre Dame player wasn't disciplined academically or behaviorally. And then he goes on to kind of take a shot about Kelly about being on the golf course. But – I mean, when you kind of think about it, Tim, yeah. I, I mean, I, yeah, there, there's no one being dismissed and, or, uh, you know, no, no bad vibes coming out of the summer. Everything is, uh, it's pretty kosher and it always feels like there's, there's at least one, not, not, not this fall or, uh, yeah, not this summer heading into the fall, Tim. Any, any thoughts on that? Well, I mean, my first thought goes to, you know, once again, Brian Kelly, you know, I mean, people want to say what they, what they want about him, but he did create, this culture that has been going. And, and I think that stems from, 
you know, the, you know, the four for 40 graduate champion, all those things. And, and there's some Notre Dame dudes there that are, you know, taking care of business on the field, obviously in the classroom, doing all the things right in the community. And this has been an ongoing thing that he has been building over the last few years. So now it was really nice to see that. Uh, and it's true. You start thinking about it. You're like, well, yeah, you're right. There's no academic, you know, you know, the quarterback's not ineligible. You know, Tommy Reese isn't running from the police <laughs> a few years back when he was on campus, you know, and uh, you don't know, have what seven, eight guys with another scandal with the tutor and whatnot. So it it is a clean one, but you know, but those are like so far away. It, it is a different, it is a, a different ND. And these are some dudes, don't forget, people might not like this, but you know, Brian Kelly did help bring all these guys on. He was the head coach when these seniors, these captains, these guys were there. So I, you know, I, I, I agree with that. But at the same time, Lou Holtz is famous for saying, if you don't have three crises in a summer, I'm going to create one because Lou wanted to keep his team on the edge and whatnot. So uh, that was just a quick little Lou Holtz thought I, I thought of real quick. But uh, yeah, you are right. It is interesting. Yeah, Everyone's in good standing. Yeah. I mean, even in the prime Kelly years, it seemed like there's always one. There's always something. So yep. disgruntled. No, no, no nothing. Nothing. Yeah. All right, number two for me, it's a little my, my be, second best thing I saw in the past week since our last show was Friday night. It's a little blurry, um, choppy video here for YouTube audience, but um, quarterback drops back. I, I mean, a little bit late on the throw um, and, and inside, but look at Peyton Bowen reading it all the way, picking it off, and um, yeah, he's he's not losing a uh, foot race to to many high school football players. He's one of the fastest in the country. Um. Yeah, pretty good instincts to to make a a, a play on that ball, Tim. What did you think about I, this play? No, I saw that the other night as as well. And I mean, the the first twenty yards is fast. That is a playmaker. That's a dude that's got some. Uh, you know, he's got a motor. Who's who's electric? Great ball skills. Obviously, he just looks so smooth and fluid. That's a guy that's five star. What on on three and you know, top 50 nationally, basically, in so many services. So that's a dude who's going to come here on day one and uh, be a guy right in the mix right away. But uh, no, that play was electric. So many, so many of Notre Dame's commitments had big, big weekends last weekend and saw a lot of highlights with those guys. But uh, Peyton Bowen, he's a dude they got to lock in, keep in this class. And uh, he could be the face of that defense, you know, in the future here, especially at safety where Notre Dame has not recruited strong nationally and gotten those top 50 type of safeties in, in ages. Yeah. Yeah. Peyton Bowen uh, with Keon Keeley out, I th yeah. out of the class. And I feel like I get asked twice a day, is, is, <laughs> is, is there any chance of he coming back? No, I don't think so, but I mean, 5%, 10%. Never. So you're telling me there's a chance and yeah, I don't know, yeah. but uh, I think you can make that argument that Bowen's the most important player for Notre Dame to keep in this 23 yes. class. Yeah. He's, you know, just pound for pound, you know, he's the most talented football player um, committed to the Irish in the 23 class. Okay. We're going to move into, uh, I think there's a game on Saturday, Tim. Oh, man. Number two, Ohio State hosting number five, Notre Dame. Um, Marcus Freeman. I mean, let's just think about all the storylines. You got Marcus Freeman coaching against his alma mater. Heck, you even got James Laurinaitis on the sideline. You'd think the Ohio State sideline, but nope. The former Buckeye is, uh, you know, probably in the booth for the Irish. Um, I, I mean, Tyler Buckner's first start. You look at 
the Ohio State offense, you know, can they outduel what is a really good Notre Dame defense? There's just, uh, you know, again, a, a ton of excitement around this game. It's definitely the marquee game of the day, Tim. I mean, Florida, yes, Utah is nice, but come on, Utah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, yeah, they're a really good team. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Florida, Utah, or Notre Dame and Ohio State. So, we're going to go to Tim's three keys to the game. Um, made this up earlier today. And, Tim, it's going to be a staple for each week that Notre Dame has a game. So, you will give your three keys to the game. So, um, let's get right to it. And Tim, this is the surprise I was telling you about. You're, uh, I made you a little something. How about a, gra- a Tim Hyde graphic? Yeah, look at that smile. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're probably like, Mike, where did you find that photo? Oh, I'm all over the internet. It, Google, Google finds everybody. I, that's not where I found it though. When you emailed the late, great loose emoji okay. about joining blue and gold, couple years ago now you yeah. included this uh this picture of you nice. um and in your family um, oh that's nice so uh all right key number one is notre dame's experience secondary versus ohio state's blue chip receivers why don't you tell us about this key to the game tim well you know what people i mean obviously the last time we saw notre dame was not was not fun i mean let's be you know blatantly honest here it was not fun whatsoever watching the, the you know really one db get shredded but many many others in the run game and uh, Oklahoma State excuse me Oklahoma State just having a field day but you know everyone was talking about Ohio State's you know receiver core now they got a freakazoid you know Jackson Smith Najimba who's a who's a man he's a grown man you watch any of his games he's just electric but the other guys only have a couple plays they only have a couple catches now so you know Marvin Harrison only has like 11 or 12 catches last year so it's not like these guys are coming in with huge numbers and they are five stars. They're electric. They're highly, highly recruited, but a lot of young dudes in that, in that wide receiver core. And I, and I highlight the experienced secondary because Notre Dame is very experienced. You got the seniors at safeties and obviously, you know, uh, you know, Lewis, who's going to be a junior, but then you go Bracey, who's a fifth year guy, Cam Hart, who's a true senior, a lot of experience, a lot of minutes, a lot of tackles, a lot of passes defended, on and on and on, that this secondary has been a part of the last few years. So that's obviously the big, you know, the biggie of the game. You know, we sit here and talk about this for an entire hour, just shroud those receivers, and it's going to come down to the Notre Dame secondary, how they cover. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Bracey at the nickel just lock up and see what he could do against Jackson Smith there and uh, have some fun. Yeah, so – experienced secondary when you yes. told me that i was like yeah it's, it's experienced yeah i don't know how good it is but it's they they've they've got games under their belt right yes. clarence lewis yes. going into his third year Tariq bracy has been a mainstay in the mm-hmm. notre dame defense maybe not so much in 2020 but 2019 2021 i mean he's played a lot of ball cam hart started last year obviously um ramon henderson played a bunch houston griffiths played a ton of football yes. Um, fifth year guys in Houston Griffith, DJ Brown, fifth yeah. year guys more, you know, so that's what, you know, I say experience, you know, people may be like, well, what are you talking about? But that's but are they, what I meant. But are they going to be any good against Ohio state is the question. But, but, you know, but here's uh, here, I, I have the numbers. I wrote these down, which I was fascinated because we always hear about, Oh, Ohio state's receivers, receivers, but Marvin Harrison, 11 catches, 
Emeka Ubuka, who's a stud, uh, a high school film's electric nine catches. And Julian Fleming had 12 catches for 86 yards. So, I mean, obviously he had two first-round draft picks and whatnot, but but these guys did not get out there and play, and I went over their play charts. There's multiple games where these guys don't get on the field or a couple of games, 8, 12, 15 snaps and whatnot. So, you know, it's also going to be a first game for many of these young Ohio State receivers as well. So that's just something to keep a, an eye on because I, I think, you know, the ultimate key is going to be the pass rush. But this defense now, there's seniors everywhere on all levels of this defense. So I think Al Golden is going to have a great group, an experienced group, a group that has gone through the wars over the last few years with some big-time uh, football games. My next thought on this discussion is actually, uh, I think, your third point. So I will mm-hmm. we, we'll kind of get to that in a second. Point number two is Notre Dame offensive coordinator – or your, thir- your second key, I should say, is Notre yeah. Dame offensive coordinator – versus uh, Ohio State defensive coordinator Jim Knowles in that chess match. should be noted that that Oklahoma State defense that Notre Dame played in the Fiesta Bowl was Jim Knowles' defense. Now, he wasn't there mm-hmm. for the Fiesta Bowl. He had already taken the Ohio State job, but it was his scheme. Um, so there are similarities. Obviously, Tommy Reese already game-planned for a Jim Knowles defense. Now the man in the booth calling the game. You know, it was obviously not the same as the one against Oklahoma State, but still something to mention. So um, tell us about this key. Well, that's, you know, you're talking about the game earlier. You know, I think one of the the biggie, the big hires, the, the also, you know, you talk about all these players and coaches and stuff is Jim Knowles. I mean, Ohio State went out and gave the man $2 million to go revamp their defense. Their defense, and I saw a stat, two out of the last three years have been the two, you know, the two of the like two or uh, three, four worst defenses in Ohio State Buckeye history. So they gave him a lot of money to come in and revamp it. And it's not like the Buckeyes don't have dudes. So they, they're stacked. They got guys all over the place. They got five stars all over the place, but they're a little suspect at linebacker. They have, they've had to move some guys around uh, going back to the, you know, the receiving core in Ohio State, their tight end has played linebacker. So, you know, they don't have a, a true stud tight end there. So they've had to move him around. He played he played a linebacker in the in the Rose Bowl against Utah, which is interesting. So Jim Knowles, I've gone back and watched some of the Oklahoma State film here in the last week just to get back to, you know, what, you know, prepping for, you know, when we watched the Fiesta Bowl. And his defense is aggressive. Those three, that four, two, five, he plays. The three safeties are everywhere. I mean, he'll stack them all in a line and they're just dropping and run fitting. You run the, I mean, there was what top five in the nation last year in run defense because any any direction on run, those backers are going to shoot down, which fingers crossed. I'm sure Tommy Reese knows that. That's why they hit him on some big pass plays last year, threw the ball a lot. You could get him over the middle, and that's going to be Michael Mayer. But I highlight Tommy Reese really for the number one reason is, is Tyler Buckner. This is his first game. What is he going to do to unveil or protect Tyler Buckner in this game? Is it going to be ground and pound smash ball, you know, with the big offensive line and the running backs they got, or is Reese going to try and be like, no, we like the way he throws. We like our matchups in certain spots, especially at the tight end position underneath. So that's my big thing is this is going to be a biggie because it's really obviously Buckner versus, is it a truly revamped Ohio state defense? which really comes down to the two uh, the two coordinators running the show there. It's only a kick. 
a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Tim, I was cutting up some uh, an interview with Tyler Buckner that he did with the media, and folks can find that on our Blue and Gold YouTube page. A media member asked um, something to the effect of, "What would be a successful game for you?" And you know, Buckner gave a you know, typical answer without saying much, you know, all these players and coaches do that, except for Jason Adamalola, apparently, uh, <laughs> and said, ah, you know, just keep them taking care of the ball or, yeah. you know, not, you know, not turn it over. But for you, is there any number you could put on it? Or is it more of a coach speak point for what, in your opinion, Tim, would be a successful outing for Tyler Buckner in this one? Oh, I mean, who cares? I mean, I'll be honest with you. is in this game, you're playing two versus five on the road. I mean, Notre Dame hasn't won a game like this in ages on the road versus a highly ranked team like this. I don't think there's a key stat. You got to hit 125 rushing or hit 275 passing. No, for a successful game for Tyler Buckner, it's going to be obviously, you know, turnovers. You know, if he comes out of this game with no turnovers, I, I would expect Notre Dame to win this game. So the ultimate, the ultimate coach speak is, the most successful thing is the Buckner to come out of this game winning, whether it's one point, 22 points, or, you know, who cares? A win would put Tyler Buckner on the, uh, on the, on the cover of the old magazines that we used to get back in the day that they don't do anymore. But uh, I, I really don't think there's a true number. I think this me personally and watching this game and watching this film and just, you know, watching some of the press conferences and some of the Buckeyes, camp film and the Notre Dame camp film on the YouTube page that we have is I think it's going to be physical. I personally think it's going to be a, a bloodbath game. And I think it's going to be a physical knock them, sock them game because Notre Dame has that bad taste from the Fiesta Bowl. Marcus Freeman era officially kicking off, but let's don't forget Ohio state. They have been all, all we've heard is that how great their passing attack is and how sucky their defense is. Well, those guys are going to be teed off and ready to show up and uh, play their tails off, especially some of the big games Ohio State's lost at home. So they've heard that as well for the last nine months. So I think it's going to be a bloodbath. I really do. Yeah, Joey says limited turnovers yeah. is the key, and I completely agree. Yeah, yeah. Mine, my answer to the question would be, like, I'm, I'm like, if we're going to talk turnovers, like if, yeah, if he throws up a hail mary and it gets, you know, like that's a true turnover. Yes, I'm. We're talking. Notre Dame's driving, get some momentum, turnover, God forbid, a pick six or a fumble or drops. Like, you you can't do anything like that um, if you're Tyler Buckner. I think in his – he even admitted in, in that same video, uh, again, with the media, that he's like, look, I'm human. I'm, I'm, I'm a little nervous for this game. Mm -hmm. I think he's kind of going to want to be a little Superman and, and take those hits. 
but he, and he's going to learn he can't. You're, you, I mean, you're, you're too important, and the dude's already got an injury history. He can't, he can't go for an extra two yards on a 16 yard run that's already a first down. Yeah. You, you got to slide, you got to go out of bounds, you got to throw it out of, uh, throw it away, you got to um, take care of your body, Tyler Buckner, because, um, yeah, you you get hurt. <laughs> I mean, let's just let's just knock on wood and, and not even go down that path. No, okay. no, I agree. You know, but on that, it goes back to I mean, look at the big game last season, Cincinnati, the turnovers in that game. I mean, Cohen's mm-hmm. gotten got him driving the opening drive of the game and throws a horrible interception. Buckner's interception falling backwards and picks it, and then Chris Tyree just fumbling on his own ten on a kickoff kickoff return. So, yeah. Those things were just, I mean, that's what killed him in that game right there is you know, th- those three possessions. So going in on the road at Ohio State, yeah, protect the football, but at the same time, let, I mean, let that dude run around, throw the ball and have some fun, man. It's, yeah. it's going to be fun. Okay. So going into your third key. So Tim, uh, we do have a super chat real oh, quick. Go. Starting three says, let's go Irish. Love Jason's comment slash attitude. Can't wait till game day. Starting three, definitely appreciate these super chats. Let us know if you have any questions for uh, for us. All right, so your third key to the game is essentially, if Notre Dame is going to win this game, what are we going to be talking about? And um, Right so there by starting three, the, the D-line. Yeah, so it's the, the the third key here is Notre Dame D line must be the talk of the town after the yeah. game. That's uh, I I just really believe that because once again you got a lot of upperclassmen, a lot of upperclassmen. You got the twins, the Adamuola twins, Foskey, Riley Mills is a junior. You got Lacey, you got Cross, you got Chris Smith coming in from Harvard to do a fifth year. So you got a lot of lot of upperclassmen up there, and the D line's got to dominate. It's going back to that that comment that he made. If you're the biggest, baddest dudes on the block, go prove it. The Buckeyes have two great offensive tackles, two studs, the, the right tackles. What is he, 6'9", 350-some-odd pounds? He's a monster. You know, really good center. You know, a couple of really young guards in there. So it's going to be a good football game. But I think the talk, I think we're, we're done. And talking after the game, we're talking Sunday. It's Notre Dame comes out of there with a huge upset against Ohio State. You're just saying that D-line just teed off. They got after Stroud, made him nervous, because Stroud is the mo- one of the most accurate quarterbacks I've ever seen. He he throws dimes out there when you give him half a second. So if they could push that pocket with those big four, that's talk- I mean that's the game. I truly believe that's the football game right there. So with all of the fall camp practice reports, you know that we do at Blue and Gold, whether it's written or YouTube, and hearing from the coaches, you know we're trying to glean. But you like glean information from that, but we really don't know about this Notre Dame football team. And let's be honest, neither does the coaches. We get five periods for most, you know, the media does to get watch practice to watch practice. I think maybe there's two fully open practices. It's hard to glean a lot from that. But the coaches get to watch every single practice in their entirety, obviously. But still, you don't know what you have until you go under the lights, especially at Ohio State. We will know a lot about this Notre Dame football team afterwards. All right. yes. I preface my point with all that to say, how good is this Notre Dame secondary? We do not know. I like Clarence Lewis more than the rest of you guys. I think he just 
he just got torched against Oklahoma State. It happens to yes. defensive backs. It's the I, Tim. Would you agree? Just yesterday, was that the hardest position to play as cornerback right now in modern day football? Oh God, yeah. Especially when you're getting picked on in that Fiesta Bowl, and they never gave him any help or never they took him off the field they, the rest for a minute. They didn't. So it's an experienced ex- Notre Dame um, secondary, as Tim mentioned, with key number one, but. Going to key number three, if this Notre Dame defensive line forces Stroud to make quick decisions and get rid of the ball, that secondary is going to look really good. And if it goes the other way and Notre Dame can't get any pressure on them, then they got to start blitzing in not ideal situations just to get him uh, get to get Stroud to get rid of the ball faster. And that now you're looking at chances to get torched in the back end. So that defensive line is so key to the game. So Tim, I completely agree with you on that one. Yeah, it. I mean, it's a biggie because, like you're saying, if they if Ohio State's able to just sit there and just block these guys, Paris Johnson left tackles just dominating Riley Mills or Foskey when Foskey's in the boundary and they're getting no heat, then it becomes this thing we've talked about a handful of time. The the blue chip and the blue chip ratio and the blue chippers are all on the Ohio state skill kids. They're all four and five guys. They're all top 100 dudes where Notre Dame is three-star cam Hart, three-star, you know, Clarence Lewis, you know, DJ Brown, a three-star and you're going on and on, you know, Bracey, all these guys, you know, the only top 100 guy in that group is Houston Griffith. And even obviously with Brandon Joseph as, as being an all American a few years ago, you know, he is a senior. He registered at Northwestern. He is a senior, and he was ranked, what, the 1100th player in the country. So you start getting to that blue chip ratio, but does the experience matter? Does that pay off in this game for Notre Dame on top of the pass rush? We're going to we're gonna find out in 72 hours is what we're going to do. So I'm, uh, I'm excited because I personally feel Notre Dame has a legitimate shot. I think the point spread is crazy, but at the same time, what has Notre Dame done in these games, Mike? I mean, what I mean, what have they done outside of the 2019 Georgia game? Clemson, at Georgia. Everyone's been a blowout. Clemson, 2020. That was at home. You know what? Oh, you're yeah. talking road. Yeah, I'm talking. I'm, I'm talking road. I mean, Clem. You know, and the Clemson one's a great win. Don't do it. I'm not not gonna do it because that was a great win. I mean, believe me, I I jumped through the roof. It was great to win that game. I remember we all know what happened in the ACC championship. Yes. But but for that moment, that was a Notre Dame moment at home. The I mean, Notre Dame's last road win over a top 10 team is 2012 at Oklahoma. So it's been a while. I'm gonna pull up um that I, I, do you remember the score for that ACC championship game? Can't believe we're saying that Notre Dame played an ACC championship game. Do you remember the score, Tim? Was it, was it 34 to 9? 34 10. Very close. Okay. Okay. If DJ, let's see, DJ Uyangalele, mm-hmm. if he would have started that game, you could still see that score being 34 to 10, though. You know, like, I don't like when you think about that Notre Dame game that they beat. Clemson, oh, they went special. like three quarters without scoring an offensive touchdown. It was like they, they, they scored that first touchdown, and then they didn't score again until like the Avery Davis touchdown. They well, had, you know, defensive, you know, I, yes. I don't remember all the scores in between. So 
my my argument at the time of that game was in 10 years after that game no one's going to say ah Trevor Lawrence was <laughs> out and that's why out and that's why Notre Dame won because at the time I was thinking like because people are going to be saying DJ's better than maybe even better than Trevor Lawrence in the NFL like cuz DJ looked freaking amazing he broke all sorts of records that game exactly. so it's not like you know DJ or Trevor being out was the problem for Clemson they put up a ton of points yep um but um that's no no exactly I mean he set a record at Notre Dame for passing yards and you're right Cameron Williams goes 80 on the basically the first play of the game was you know first play of the game was a what, false start or procedure yeah. and then they hit the the touchdown and then you had you know you know Jeremiah Usukormoa <laughs> the fumble unbelievable fumble for a touchdown of Travis, you know, Etienne and, uh, but you're right before that, you know, going back to Avery Davis, God bless Avery Davis and his you know, tenure at Notre Dame, but they were down when he hits, when Ian book hits that post to Avery Davis, Notre Dame was down. They had to score a touchdown on that last drive in the, in the final couple of minutes. So yeah, that was, uh, that, it was an all timer. It was an unbelievable game. And, uh, that was the, you know, that's when I found, you know, the blue and gold post game show. I remember when that was our biggest show that was uh, I stayed up that night found I went to YouTube to go watch the press conference and then I saw you guys I was like oh Goolsby yeah whenever I think of Goolsby I just always think of the great Michigan games he had and obviously the pick six and pick six in Knoxville but uh started watching that and it was it was an unbelievable atmosphere that night so but we're talking road Columbus yeah it's a different it's a different world and Notre Dame has laid some eggs on the road yeah, we had done a couple of post-game shows for that 2020 season. Mm-hmm. We were using this free software, and you get what you pay for, and it was terrible. We had all sorts of issues, but then we got this this other software, and that was our first show with that, and a uh, seamless show. And, yeah, that was uh, one heck of a night that I will never forget. Oh, yeah. Uh, our YouTube channel, Blue and Gold, really took off that night. Um, yeah, we've grown, I think, like 15,000 subscribers. and. In less than two years, um, so very, uh, very thankful for for you all. Okay, that was, that, um, was great, that was a great night, and let's get a big one on the road. That's what that's the next step that Notre Dame needs to do, and doing it with Coach Freeman is going to be fun. All right, let's pay some bills real quick. Some word from our sponsors, inspired by former Notre Dame leprechaun Mike Brown, who was on the show last week. By the way, if you guys uh, got to check that out, you should definitely go back and listen. Again, inspired by former Notre Dame Leprechaun Mike Brown, the Leprechaun's Game Day book at Notre Dame is an officially licensed children's book that describes the beautiful pageantry of a football Saturday at Notre Dame. Follow the Leprechaun on an adventure from step off into the tunnel and onto Notre Dame's field as he leads the team to an Irish victory. Filled with delightful illustrations that bring the magic of Notre Dame's campus to life for young readers, this charming read-aloud picture book is a celebration of true fighting Irish spirit and the perfect gift for Notre Dame alumni, families, and fans of all things Irish. Visit www.lepgame.com, that's L-E-P-GameDay.com, and enter code BG22 to get your author-signed copy today. Again, L-E-P-GameDay.com, enter code BG22. Tim, I am sure that you are... I mean, that that just seems like a no-brainer for all parents of Notre Dame fans. There is no price you can put on growing your kid to become a Notre Dame fan. So I feel like 
this book could be like a thousand dollars and and you've got to go buy it so this is what the website looks like pre-order it scheduled for release i believe in september but obviously it'll be this fall um so yeah lepgameday.com what do you think tim no i've I've, I've already put an order in. so That's I, my man. Yeah. Oh, are you kidding me? I mean, for the kids and things of that nature, it's going to be a Christmas gift. So don't say anything yet, but um, it's uh, no, no, really exciting. Like I said, my, you know, my wife is really good friends with him and, uh, and some of his uh, buddies, her roommate is, is still close with, with Brown and, and uh, at, you know, since the graduation days and whatnot. So really excited. That was a great interview that you did. And, you know, his energy still shows to this day. It's awesome. He's on campus and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 good. I'm I'm looking forward to getting it and having the kids read it. So we got a couple little Notre Dame Irish kid books, and uh, that they read out. Heck, there's the yellow one right behind me, right back there, the little kitty book. So read that to bed and get them ready. So hey, I was brainwashed early, so I'm gonna get my kids going as well. There you go, there you go, folks. Get get the uh, Leprechauns Game Day book just so you can brainwash children. That's yeah. That's <laughs> hey, brainwash me into the Notre Dame way. That's what it is. Exactly. Okay. Uh, a couple more segments for this evening, uh, Mr. Hyde. The over-under for Notre Dame's win total, just regular season, right? You're not including the bull. Yeah. Set at 8.5. Now, we did a um, a show with uh, Tyler Horka and Patrick Engel. If you haven't watched it, go ahead and pause right now. Go watch that one because uh, I'm about to spoil it for you. They give their game-by-game season predictions. Tyler went with nine and three. Patrick went with ten and two. I'm in the ten and two camp. I think between Clemson, Ohio State, and USC, or some other you know game, UNC, BYU, whatever it is, I think they're going to trip up twice. But if I mean, if Notre Dame goes like nine and three, I think after the success the Irish have seen since 2017, that's going to be such a negative thing. It's been all ten win seasons. Um, but then Vegas is saying nine wins is, yeah. you know, that's hitting the over. It seems like a low over under Tim. W- what do you think? Well, I think it was eight, eight, 8.5 as well yeah. last year. And obviously, they oh, was it? 11, okay. you know, I, I believe so. But I mean, maybe, I mean, how close was Vegas though last year, right? Notre Dame had to have, you know, two last second walk off field goals to win a game. And then, you know, the Toledo game, you know, going to Michael Merritt to win the game in the last minute there. So, I mean, how close was Vegas to going eight and four and uh, making some money last year? So, uh, yeah, eight, eight, five seems maybe it's just one of those thresholds. It's just a number because the way Notre Dame has played in some big games. So they're probably expecting them already to lose two off the bat, you know, and you give them another one and a half here or there somewhere. But uh, I, man, I, you know what? I, I'm not, I've never been a great prediction guy. I think every, I mean, everything's going to come down to, to Ohio state. I, tr- I truly, I mean, that's easy to say, but if, if Notre Dame, you know, if Notre Dame loses this, can they go 11 and one? I would say no, just because something somewhere is going to, is going to mess it up. But if they go on the road and you beat, if you beat number two, is Notre Dame number one the next week? Do they jump Alabama? Probably I not. mean, Alabama's at Texas the following week, but going on the road, beat number two, I mean, they're going to be number two. So you would expect them to be number two the rest of the season and and went out and keep that mojo. Does that lock in? This is a very senior laden team. You know, I, I've said that a million times. There's seniors all over the place. Just look at the, you know, the roster, the two deep. 
some of their key guys are sophomores and a couple of freshmen are banging on the door to get some playing time. But this is a senior laden team. I, I want, you know, I, it's, it's interesting because I want to say, I want to say nine and three because something's going to happen somewhere, but my heart of heart, I, I truly believe Notre Dame is just going to play is is their tail off and they're going to find a way to go 11 and one. I don't think 11 and one gets Notre Dame in the playoffs. I just don't because I think that committee is always going to think of what they've done in the past and find a way to keep them out because they're not in a conference. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm just one of those guys that thinks Notre Dame has to be undefeated to go to the playoffs, even though they've been close, they've knocked on the door 2017. They were number three before they lost to Miami. But, uh, you know, that it all evens itself. I'm one of those guys as well. Everything's going to even itself out between now and in that first week in December. So just let things play out. But uh, my gut says 11 and one. I think they're going to find a way. I do. I thought I, you were saying nine and three. So now you're saying 11 and one. Forget 10 and two. You're either 11 wins or nine. Yes. Yeah, no, seriously. I'm, I'm, either, I'm, I'm an 11 and one guy. I think they're 11 and one. They're going to knock on the door or nine and three. You know, it's it's the Ohio State game. If they okay. win Ohio State, I don't I I think this group of seniors is, is gonna find a way to rally this football team. I really do. The schedule is tough, but it's not crazy tough. UNC is not some juggernaut. Notre Dame's gone in there and won plenty of times in their history. UNC is not a you know, people want to talk about BYU, heck of a quarterback. They're all 26, 27-year-old dudes that have come back from Mormon missions and red shirts and COVID years and everything. Heck of a game. But Notre Dame's never lost one of those games. They've never lost a Shamrock game. They're not going to go to Vegas after that video did and lose. It's going to – I think it's going to – I think the entire season is going to come down to November 8th because I – you know me. I love Dabo. I, I love Clemson. i big Dabo Sweeney fan. I think he's going to have them coming into South Bend 8-0. and That game is going to be the telltale for the season. So we're talking about potential slip-up games. Like that yeah. could be a, something that happens. But it, it hasn't been post-2016. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking, Tim, is that is that just something that Kelly just did such a good job of as a head coach not losing the ones that you're supposed to win? Yeah, you know, like we didn't Purdue blow out Ohio State a couple, you know, a few years ago. Like those things happen, but Notre Dame just it didn't. So I just part of my I don't know if you want to call it a fear, but I I think that we just kind of are are used to that not being upset as a Notre Dame community, Um, upset being you know an upset loss, not being upset because obviously that happens all the time. that was a joke, Tim. Come on, where's the chuckle? Like, no, of course, Notre Dame fans are going to be upset, but I'm saying like upset in a game. Um, but you know, maybe Marcus Freeman, first time head coach, maybe they do get upset. It and, and mm, that's no, yeah. no. I mean, everything you're saying is so true because you know because they have you know they have won those games. They have the longest winning streak. I believe it's in the 40s over teams that are unranked. Right. You know, Alabama last year when they lost to A and M, A and M was unranked. I think Alabama was 100 or 101 games in a row against unranked teams that they had won until that AM game. So Notre Dame's number one in the country right now against unranked teams. So you're right. Kelly went on and won those games. You know, in 2017, his losses were all to ranked teams. You know, 2018, undefeated until, you know, the playoff. And obviously 19, Michigan, 
lost to a top 10 Georgia team and in 20 undefeated until the end of the year. So they have taken care of business. And is that, that's going, you know, I've said this a ton and, you know, I was chatting with some dudes on the message board just today about it. Like, you know, people forget Marcus Freeman was hired. There, there is no rebuilding. Yeah. Sure. They need to recruit and they need to do things and, you know, a facility upgrade that that's fine, but there's zero culture change needs to change and take place at Notre Dame other than win a game like this at Ohio state. This is what needs to happen. The culture's there. The players are there. The schemes are there. You know, they're going to play with the energy, the fan base, all those guys are there. But, you know, if Notre Dame needed, uh, as I said, Bob, the builder, since, you know, my little guys in construction jobs, if they needed a construction job, Marcus Freeman would not be here. Yeah. I mean, just being blatantly honest, he would not have been here, but he is here because this program is primed to jump that next leg. And he's got experienced dudes Al golden, the NFL, and let's don't forget what, I mean, Sean McVay on Twitter, the Twitter, the tweet that was going viral, hyping up Tommy Reese. And, uh, you know, there's tons of rumors always about that in the NFL. So Notre Dame's got dudes in charge, in place to go out and win this thing. And his nine and nine and three would be a big letdown. It would be a letdown year. I truly believe yeah, Eight it's four a, would be a disaster. It's a, it's, I think it's a subjective thing. Sure. I'm, I'm one away. Like I'm, I'm one game away from. I think, yes. I think nine and three is, uh, yeah, it's a little bit of a letdown. But I'm just trying to be a little bit more. I don't want to say realistic, but um, forgiving maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, Goolsby always calls me the eternal optimist. Eight and four would be for, and this is kind of getting into our next topic. We want to yeah. talk about worst and best case scenario. We'll get there in a second, but for me, it's like eight and four is the worst case scenario. Mike, you're saying eight and four is okay. No, no. I'm saying that that's like the ceiling for this year's team. But going back to this other, you know, this other discussion, I feel like Notre Dame's going 11 and one. If Tyler Buckner is a dude, if, if Buckner is a baller and he is what everyone thinks he is, I think it's, I think it's 11 and one. But if he's not, he gets hurt, yada, yada, I, I think nine and three, God forbid, eight and four. All right, here is a, uh, a Hold good on, question. I got a quick stat for you here. This is in the, the Blue and Gold Yearbook, page 12 right here. The last four years, the last four years, there's only two teams in college football that have scored over 30 points and held teams under 20, Notre Dame and Alabama. The last four years, I found that stat on page 12 in the blue and gold yearbook. Just, I mean, that's, that's huge. That's huge for Notre Dame. And that's where this program is going back to their seniors everywhere. There's no freshmen that they have to have played this year. Even on the old line, the two bookends are the youngest guys, you know, playing, but they're also probably two of the best in Joe Walton and Blake Fisher. So other than that, fifth year dude, seniors all over. Yeah, Buckner is a sophomore, but he played, what, eight, nine games last year. You know, he he played more football than C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young played as freshmen. He played in key games, key games, key touchdown drives, key moments. So I, I, I really do think that's going to pay off for Notre Dame. All right, Tim. Would you rather go 10-2 and two to, and lose to Ohio State and Clemson or – Go eight and four and beat Ohio State, but you lose to Clemson, USC, BYU, and North Carolina. 
Let me ask. Okay, Ohio want, State. For some reason, I'm dying to beat Ohio State. It's like I, it's like I'll give let, my left let, arm I, as a Notre Dame fan. Let me add in: Ohio State doesn't now just fall off the cliff, you know, like Texas Notre Dame in 2016. It's like, oh, look at this game, and then both the teams weren't any good. It's right. That was 2016, right? Or was that 15? No, that was 2016. Right? What's that? The Texas what? Notre Dame barn burner. Oh, game. that was that was 2016. That was yeah. the what, overtime game so, in Austin. Yeah. So let's say Ohio State. Is like eleven and one and runs the table after that. W- which one are you going with? Oh, if they, I mean, if they're eleven and one and Notre Dame ends up, I mean, let's say Notre Dame what, beats, you know, that's that's Ohio State's only loss, and Notre Dame ends up eight and four. What the heck happened to Notre Dame? You taking it? Which one are you going with? No, I mean, get, t- hey, ten and two. Get, hey, you know what? I'm thinking of you, Mike, in recruiting. Okay, ten and two gets you a new New Year's Six Bowl. Keeps the recruits, you know, moving forward, positive mojo on to 2024 with a another top three to five class in 2024. Now we start compounding these top five classes. So what's the score? Is it, you know, 30, how about 32 to 30, uh, 32 to 30 Ohio State wins, Notre Dame goes 10 and two. Take that, right? Eight and four? There's no way. If, if Notre Dame beats Ohio State, they're going, they're going 12 and 0. Eight and four would mean eight and four would mean injuries times ten. All right. So Tim. And, this, and the third string quarterback has to finish out the season in November. How's that? There you go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I see the next one. <laughs> How about this? Tim Notre Dame destroys Ohio State 44-17 and then goes at eight and four. Hey, a great moment. It'll be a great cover for Blue and Gold Illustrated. But eight and four, there's no way. There's no way. There's no way. There's, there's no way you go eight and four after you beat Ohio State. So will will I take the win? Heck yeah, I'll take the win. But now I'm not, I'm not, there's no way I'm saying eight and four. Okay. So to kind of continue this conversation, I had this idea for a few weeks ago. I don't know what I was, you know, uh, where my headspace was at when I was like really passionate about this topic, but I want to bring it to you this week is worst case scenario for this football team is, you know, knock on wood, they all trip downstairs and all break their legs and they're, you know, they can't play a game. You know, that that's the, but that's a very unrealistic scenario. Let's talk fairly realistic but worst case scenario and fairly realistic best case scenario. So Tim, give me records. Who's Notre Dame beating? Who are they losing to in both of those situations? Yeah, no, I mean if Notre Dame goes eight and four, eight and I, I so you know, is I'm that your worst case scenario then? Yeah, yeah, I would say eight and four because it was Vegas is rolling the dice. They did eight point five last year. They're doing eight point five this year. Vegas is like we're close last year. What if Jonathan Dort doesn't hit those field goals, right? What if they don't hit those field goals? You know, what if Chris Tyree doesn't go 100 yards against Wisconsin, you know, to get that game rolling? And uh, what if Jack Cohn can't pop his finger back in? You know, exactly pop it against Toledo and go and hit Michael Mara. No, you're right. You're right. So it's like they were there. They were that close to going eight and four last year. So you know, you're as Bill Parcells, the great coach. You know, my all-time favorite coach, Bill Parcells, said, "You are what you are," and they were 11 and one. So they did it, but I would say eight and four. And if they go eight and four, Ohio State, Clemson, definite losses. I mean, you, 
if they're eight and four at the end of the year, you got to think those two are going to be losses. And then I think their streak against an unranked team is going to take, is going to happen. If they're eight and four, they lost a game. They should have won. That's what you just said, a UNC, you know, I hate, you know, I, I don't think it's going to happen, but does Notre Dame, I mean, maybe Notre Dame has one of those 11 AM kickoffs at Syracuse that they got to play. And it's on ESPN three and no, and no one wants to watch it. And Notre Dame goes and lays an egg, you know, like they did the year with Brady Quinn in uh, the carrier dome. So does that happen? And does that mean USC is what some people are hyping them up to be and all those transfers go out and kick butt and Notre Dame goes out there, USC's 10 and one and just, you know, Caleb Williams just teased that off and there's your eight and four. So that's the worst case. Can that happen? Sure. It can happen. Most definitely. And then you got, you know, going back to your thing, Buckner is throwing 12 interceptions in the first four games. It's a turnover machine. You got to go to pine and, things of that nature just start to unravel. So, so, and then, so realistic best case, beat Ohio State, you go undefeated? Yeah. that I mean, the best case for Notre Dame, beat Ohio State. It's still I realistic. Just, I truly I really believe it is. I mean, Ohio State obviously has some freaks. Don't get me wrong. They are, I mean, they're good. But have those five stars on defense panned out? Have they, you know, dominated? They got some dudes on the D-line that are seniors that have – never been dudes yet. So linebackers are very average. They got some freshmen I know that have had great camps, but are they going to go play true freshmen in this game at linebacker? I doubt it. You know, is uh, Styles at linebacker or the strong safety or the rover in this game going to match up with Michael Mayer? No, he's going to just throw them away from him. So uh, you beat the Buckeyes, you're going 12 and 0 because I think this senior team will rally around and they're going to go take care of business and they will be laser focused It'll feel like 88 again because you beat Michigan in a hard-fought game in 1988, and then they ran the table, and they, they won the big, obviously, Miami game, which in this case would turn into that November 8th Clemson game in South Bend. Yeah, I'll, I'll take a stab at this. I just, again, going realistic, I know what the popular thing to say is. Yeah, 12-0. Yeah. I know my it's tough audio base and, and YouTube base doesn't you know, want me to be negative, but I, I'm just going to tell you my uh, honest thought is I just don't see any world really where Notre Dame goes undefeated this season. I just don't. Yeah. I, just, I, I just don't. Do I have any really 2018 was that. But 2018, 2012 was crazy games. Barely, you know, the, the pit game, you know. The, this schedule's brutal. This schedule? Yeah. The home schedule outside of Clemson is is Cupcake Nation. So I mean they I mean they could and they close their eyes and win their home games. Well let me let me go through the worst case now. Okay. The home games outside of Clemson, I know someone will say BC, they're not losing the field or COVID. Give me All right. Again, we're going worst case. Worst case. Sort of realistic. Worst Ohio case. State loss, Clemson loss, yes, USC loss. There's three. There's your three. You're gonna I, I so my worst case is seven and five. Again, worst case. Mm-hmm. You could see them tripping up at North Carolina. I am tired of two teams in college football. North Carolina and Iowa State. I don't want to hear hype about those two teams ever again because they never pan out. <laughs> I just don't want to hear it when when those teams do well, I will believe in, but I just I don't want to buy it. But and Arizona State as a West Coast guy, Arizona State. 
Arizona State's always this fashionable West Coast. That's been a yeah. while. Yeah, it's been a while, but they're like every five years, you always hear about ASU and then they filter out. So I throw them in the mix with those guys. BYU, it's been a pretty darn good team yes. in recent years. Who knows? But, but Mike, look at BYU's schedule. They're playing like 12 ranked teams. It is crazy. Oh, they're, they're it's a tough beat. schedule they have. It's insane. I, I I looked at it like a week ago, but they are playing a juggernaut. I mean, they're just going on a road show, man. They're just playing anyone, anytime, anywhere. So they may be a little beat up, but they got a great quarterback. I regret this segment now because I know everyone's going to be like on YouTube. Oh, Mike Singer said Notre Dame's going seven. No, you don't. Worst guys, case scenario. Worst case. I, I So North Carolina, BYU, they're not losing to Stanford, not using the UNLV. Syracuse on the road in the not carrier dome. I'm just yeah. saying between some of these games, I will throw Boston College in there just if Phil Dracovic is just bonkers this year. Yes. BC, Syracuse, BYU, North Carolina. I don't, you know, I, I don't. Dude, they almost lost to Toledo last year. So maybe even throw Marshall in that. So worst case, I could see five losses. But well, you just um, look at well. Let's take a look at the quarterbacks real quick, Mike. Ohio, I mean, they, I mean, they're playing some really good quarterbacks. Ohio State's got a heck of a quarterback. BYU's got a quarterback. You know, Stanford. David Shaw thinks he's got his best collection of receiver quarterback grouping he's had in ages. You know, Tanner McGee's going to be an NFL quarterback. Obviously, Caleb Williams. You know, you know what? Whatever happens in Clemson, you know, if DJ's not the guy. You know, the reports during camp is, you know, they're going to play the freshman. You know, you know, Club Neck's going to play some this year because he's that talented. It's kind of like that, um, you know, scenario with uh, Trevor Lawrence as a freshman. Yep. So uh, they're playing some really good quarterbacks, you know, uh, yeah. this year. UNLV, they're going to win. Obviously, Navy. Syracuse, they should not lose to Syracuse, you know, unless it's one of those where they've already got three losses. It's an 11 in kickoff, <laughs> you know, and it's just a mess. We, where are they at mentally? And this – it's interesting. I was watching the Ohio State, you know, the 96 game when uh, Ohio State went to South Bend and it was a battle, of, you know, two top five teams matched up in 96. And after the game, Notre Dame, hard fought game, you know, Emmett Mosley scores on a you know, touchdown, gets called back, which is a heartbreaker. Ohio State ends up winning the game. And the first thing Ron Paulus says after the game is, yeah, our season's over. We got nothing to play for anymore. And he was just, we're just playing out the season. There's no more national championships. So, where is this team's mindset if if Vegas is correct and this game is, you know, 38 to 20 and Notre Dame is just not close and it's just eh, same old say that we've seen against these teams in the playoffs, you know, out, outside of the two Georgia games that they battled Georgia in these games, they've gotten blown out. So where is their head after this game? Do they have the, the mental makeup to go, oh, we're going 11 and one and try and get back in the playoff hunt. You know, we'll find out. I'm going 10 and two though. Yeah. That's my pick. I'm going loss Ohio state and then split Clemson and USC more likely beating USC and losing to Clemson. But that's where I'm at. 10 and two. Ten, you know, t- if you're going 10 and two, you beat SC with a, with a shot to go and do a new year six Marcus Freeman's first year top five recruiting class round everything up into one year you, you, you go know. win the new year six bowl game though oh my god go so, win it one of these days oh one of these days it's interesting because um you know obviously getting ready to play ohio state and 
you know, watching the Manti Teo thing and thinking back, you know, on Netflix, the documentary and thinking back to 2012, you know, everyone always talks about K-State. Oh, what if, you know, get Alabama out of there. Why did K-State choke a game away at the end? People forget. Remember, Ohio State was on probation that year, Urban Meyer's first year. What if Notre Dame would have played Ohio State at 12-0 and 0 that year? That Ohio State team was average as sin. So, you know, Notre Dame was so close to winning a national title that year. But uh, the this game on Saturday is is the big enchilada and ten and two. If they go if they go ten and two, which I think, you know, if you're Notre Dame fans and people out there, I, I bet you five bucks you put a poll out there. Seventy five percent of Notre Dame fans are probably saying ten and two. We'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Mister Hyde. I I think that about does it. Um, yeah. You excited for Saturday? Where are you going to be watching it? What are you going to be doing? Obviously watching the game, but you don't got any. Any fun plans? Uh, no, I'm going to sit around, you know, enjoy the game, get the kids hyped up, and, uh, you know, just sit back and watch it. Really, I mean, it's going back to your comment you said 45 minutes ago, no one knows anything. There's no tune-ups. We're going right at it, right from the get-go. So uh, this is, you know, Notre Dame's, you know, the last time Notre Dame played a top 10 team, top five team on the road was uh, Mr. Goolsby's sophomore year in Lincoln, Nebraska, 2001. So, Long time ago, Notre Dame's opened up in a game like this on the road, so it's uh, it's gonna be exciting. I've I've got one more thing to say to Irish fans, real quick. So right now, it's like, oh, Mike Singer, seven and five. Are you high? That's what I'm seeing in the comment section. No, but if Notre Dame loses, like, like you said, like thirty eight to twenty, yeah, Notre Dame fans, oh, the season's over. We suck. Fire everybody. You know, maybe that's an exaggeration for how you guys will feel, but. You know what I'm gonna be saying at that point? It's it's like we're like let's calm down. Like the things are gonna be okay. Still can be a good season. So I feel like I can just be a little bit of the voice of reason. You know, you guys are fanatics. That's what the word fan comes from. So I'm just trying to be the voice of reason a little bit. So well, that's an interesting take, Mike. So if it you know with the point spread 17 and a half, Ohio State coverage is 38 to 20. Is it? You know, oh my gosh, what's going on? Or is it all right? Vegas was right, and the national media had it right from the get go. This is what was expected. Go finish the rest of the season out. Is that is that going to be the tell of this season? You know, the one game doesn't define your season. You know, like this isn't a national championship or bus team. You know, I, I think this is like a. 10 winner bus or something like that, you know, like get to New Year's six game like. I just don't think losing to Ohio State, even if it's close to 20 points, I, I don't think it's like uh, the season's in the crapper. We stink like so. But well. at the same, you know, you say it's not a national championship or bust, but I just, you know, I keep going back to this. How many old guys are on this football team? How many guys have been around for four or five years during this run? And, um, you know, when will Notre Dame get back to this? with this many dudes, obviously recruiting is going to take care of itself, but the, for the fans out there, look at the schedule. It's going to get tougher. It's going to get tougher after this one. It just is down the road. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a barn burner of a, it's it's going to come down to Freeman recruiting. If, if they don't take care of business this year, yeah. they get right. back into the national title hunt. We're going to close out with a, a super chat from an Ohio state fan who uh, is complaining about being timed out. Look, I'm sorry. I I, I did that. If you're going to come into our show and talk crap, which I saw, you know, I'm going to 
we'll put you in a five-minute timeout. So I do appreciate the super chat. Uh, cheers to you, NBA fan. Um, username, clearly a Buckeye supporter. And, uh, folks, I, I appreciate you guys sticking around and uh, watching or listening to the end of this. Um, we will be live with Mike Goolsby after the game. We'll have reaction from Tim Hyde Sunday, I believe. Patrick Angle and Tyler Horka will have reaction from the press box yep. following the game as well. So make sure you check all of this out on our Blue and Gold YouTube page. And again, go to blueandgold.com. Go up to the top of the page, sign up $1 for one year of premium access, get all of the scoop on Fighting Irish football and recruiting, as well as access to our message board where you can communicate with thousands of other Notre Dame fans. Appreciate you all for watching, and we'll catch you next time. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.